Welcome back to CE Sports, Christian Esparza and Parker Haney. Back for another week. Uh, today we are going to cover some late moves in the NFL offseason, and then we'll talk a little bit about NBA playoffs, get into that kind of stuff. Uh, that's starting to heat up, so now we can talk about it. First, though, um, let's talk about, like I said, NBA – excuse me. <laughs> it was nice. so bad. First off, we'll just start with some of the other trades that are being made still. The draft is coming up in a couple weeks, so some of these trades are pretty impactful. Uh, we haven't talked about Tyreek Hill yet on this show, so let's talk about that one first. It kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't even realize that Tyreek Hill wanted out of Kansas City or more he wanted to be paid. He saw how much Devontae Adams got paid. He wanted that same type of money, so... The Dolphins gave up a first-round pick and a second-round pick, as well as a fourth-round pick this April, plus a fourth and sixth next year, all for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and then they gave him a uh, four-year, $120 million deal, $72 million guaranteed. So, Parker, initial thoughts on that trade? I don't even know if it was Kansas didn't or couldn't pay him or didn't want to pay him. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think that they were like, we're just going to see what the market's like, right? Because yeah. if we can get an absolute haul, get six picks for this guy, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they have some insider information that we don't, right? But, like, as far as I can tell, I don't – it's obvious that he's supposed to lose a step, but I don't know if he did. I don't think he necessarily lost a step, and that's why his numbers were down last year. I just think the teams did different things against the Chiefs. I don't yeah. think Patrick Mahomes was – as unbelievable as it usually is, obviously we saw some of the numbers and if and, and right, I obviously don't think that the Chiefs were figured out. Yeah. But I think they got a little complacent, right? Andy Reid even talked about it. He was like, We started not doing all of the little things that we needed to be doing. We no longer worked our offense from the inside out. We just wanted to throw the ball deep to Tyree Kill and throw the ball deep over the middle to Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna work. You gotta set things up first. We were setting it up for, you know, three years and that's why we had the success that we had and then Coming into this year, we kind of slowed things down. So I don't – all that to say, like, I don't think Tyreek Hill has necessarily, quote-unquote, lost a step. But, like, at at some point you just have to evaluate, you know, is it going to be worth it for us to give this guy this much money when, yeah. again, look at what he what, – look at what they got for him. Like, $30 million a year is a lot for a wide receiver. Yeah. I remember – when quarterbacks started making $30 million a year. That was huge. And it's, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan of this trade for either team. I mean, you look at Kansas City and obviously Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes, that's the heart and soul of that offense. And it was working. They made it the AFC Championship game four years in a row yeah. of that relationship. So obviously, I mean, I don't think it was broken, but as far as winners and losers go, I think I got to say Kansas City wins this trade because, like you said, looking at all that they got in return, they're going to take a dip in production this year, 2022. But, I mean, they have two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Like, they're kind of just taking a step back this year to take three or four steps forward 
in the next three or four years. Right, know? and when you have a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, that's kind of what you have to do. You exactly. kind of have to prepare for their future. It's, yeah. it's not like you need to be the Rams, right, where you have yep. a small window and you need to win now. So trade away to all your picks and get good players. If you're the Chiefs, you're you're looking at you have Mahomes. You're looking at a ten year dynasty, yep. right? 10 like years. you're you're expecting this thing to go on for another seven years. So I I, I like it. I, you know, I like the move for for Kansas, but I, I don't know if I hate the move for Miami either. Because if you're Miami, I guess I don't know. It's so much harder for one guy to be important enough to change the direction of a franchise, right? Like in the Especially NBA. a wide receiver. Right. In the NBA, you can have one guy come in and he can change your entire dynamic if he's that that big of a playmaker. Yeah. If there was one person outside of the, the quarterback realm that is a game changer, it's it's probably Tyreek Hill, right? He's probably at the top of that list of, of a non-quarterback that changes the game more than – more than Tyreek Hill does, with the exception of, you know, an, an Aaron Donald or something like that. Yeah, I'd say non-quarterback offensive player. Right, Maybe offensive non, player. non-offensive lineman too, but at the same time, even well, I, yeah, I, linemen, I mean, yeah, I even like, take offensive lineman because I, I would even say that, like, you know, you can have a Jonathan Taylor or a Derrick Henry come in. They're obviously going to be big game changers. They're obviously going to change your offense, but, like, they still rely, you know, quite a bit on their offensive line, and then – I feel like their health is is typically going to be more in question than the wide receivers. Yeah. Um, but with Tyreek Hill, I mean, a, a, you're immediately changing a defensive coordinator's game plan when he's that's on the a, floor. Yeah, that's a very good point. Excuse me, on the field. And so every single time a team goes to play the Dolphins, they're going to be they're going to be coming into it playing completely differently because that's that's the type of game changer that Tyreek Hill is. And, yeah. And so. I mean, is it is it quite a load? Yeah, probably. But, like, I don't know. My biggest deal with Miami making this trade isn't necessarily, oh, Tyreek Hill is not worth that. Because he is for a team that is in the position, you know, to do that. I just don't think Miami was a Tyreek Hill away from being a good team. And I, in any other offseason, yeah, this probably would have been, like, a huge, you know, league-shaking move. Dolphins are all of a sudden playoff contenders, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you just look at how many other AFC teams became playoff tenders this offseason, playoff contenders. Um, I just – I don't think I'd put Miami above the Chargers or the Broncos or even maybe the Titans. I don't know. Like, it's just – it's hard to say that this move will make the Miami Dolphins a good team. Honestly, if they don't beat – Buffalo in the division, if they don't win the AFC East, I don't know if they make the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs, then this is a clear L on the trade. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess, you know, when you look at the magnitude of the trade and how many picks they gave up, Yeah, that many picks should equal a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? And so when, at least a Super Bowl appearance, right? So at least winning the AFC. Right. And I kind of compare it to, in the NBA, the Anthony Davis trade, right? The Lakers gave up seven years of picks, right? But they I mean, got a ring, so it was worth it. They got a ring. Yeah. The trade is now worth it. I don't care what anybody says. The trade was worth it because they won the Even NBA if they Finals. they the playoffs this year, the trade was worth it because yes. they got them a ring. It, it, right? And, you, you know, you can say every other year is a failure. That yeah. trade was worth it. You traded away your future for uh, an NBA championship, and that's what you got. Right, yeah. and so when you're giving up that many picks, you you're kind of expecting at least a Super Bowl appearance because that was a lot of picks. Yeah, and so I kind of agree with you. I don't know if they were 
you know, just a Tyree kill away from even from a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, or from even making the playoffs. And and that's the other thing too, right? Is it the trade happened after all of the crazy stuff went down in the AFC. Like you knew yeah. how strong the AFC was going to be. Right. If there was a time to make that trade, it probably wasn't now. Because like you were saying, if you don't win your division, you're probably not making the playoffs. Because yeah. they're going to be there's going to be a 10-win team that doesn't make the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, there's a very good chance that, like, I mean, we'll see how many games Deshaun Watson plays. There's a good chance he doesn't make the playoffs. Uh, there's a very good chance, you know, the Titans were the one seed last year. There's a good chance they don't make the playoffs this year. Right, and like, they're going to win 10 or 11 games. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good teams in the AFC that don't make the playoffs. And like I said, if if the Dolphins miss out on the playoffs, then this is a huge, huge mistake. But Yeah. Um, another actually trade that the Dolphins were involved in, uh, the other day they traded Devontae Parker to the Patriots. Uh, to New England. Yeah, and I believe they sent Devontae Parker and a fifth to New England for a third-round pick. So kind of a – I think that's a fair deal. I mean, a third-round pick is solid. That recoups some of the capital that they gave up for Tyreek Hill. I mean – I like Devontae Parker too. I do like Devontae Parker. And now with the Patriots, you got – five dudes who would be a wide receiver two on any team you know yeah they don't they still don't have like an alpha dog wide receiver one but i mean he brings a speed element that bill belichick likes to have well, when you kind of look at it i mean i don't know does mac jones need yeah a dog right you kind of it, it, it's almost more beneficial for him to just have all these really good b-level the players that do exactly what they're supposed to do yeah i like it for new kind of the new england way i guess yeah, their offense got stale at times last year. Um, I don't know if this is going to bring huge transformations. Uh, we'll see what they do in the draft, but right. I mean, I guess that was always their biggest critique, right? They if they can't needed a the wide receiver, well, no. If they needed to get into a shootout, were they going to be able to do it? Yeah, and the, no pretty way. much the answer was no, right? Like if they play Buffalo and they need to get into a shootout, right? The score isn't six to three. Yeah, what's going to happen? They're not going to be able to hang with them. They didn't have the offense. Does Devontae Parker give them that offense? Probably not. But, it, you know, they're closer, right? Yeah. It's better than where they were at. Right. And for, I mean, the third-round pick, I don't know. We'll see if that ends. I mean, third-round pick, you think of what you would spend that third-round pick on. If you draft a wide receiver in the third round, your hope is he's a fringe starter special teams guy. Your hope is that he turns out to be Devontae Parker. Yeah, Devontae Parker is a higher level than what a third-round wide receiver would right. most likely turn out to be. You got a fifth back anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good way – I mean, I think it's a good good deal for both sides. We'll see what the Dolphins do with that. Yeah, I kind of agree. Right? Yeah, because the Dolphins, I mean, they have no use for Devontae Parker now. Yeah, he's already become He'd be, redundant. at best, a wide receiver three. Yeah, well, they have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and then they also signed Cedric Wilson in the offseason, too. Oh, yeah. Plus Mike Jacecki. Yeah, Mike Jacecki, who Plus, should get a lot of targets. Yeah, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. Like, they brought in so Who should many also get a lot of targets out yeah, of the backfield. So I mean, many dudes in the offseason. Yeah. Devontae Parker was not needed anymore. So. And the issue with all those targets, <laughs> are any of the balls going to be on target? Yeah. Uh, they will be under five yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds will have really good years. Screens all day, baby. Anybody else down the field, not so much. So those deals were kind of older news. Today, though, uh, kind of right before we started recording, the Eagles and Saints just orchestrated uh, a massive trade. It's kind of quiet, but it's massive. I'm not going to go into all the details. All that matters, though, is that both teams... So, just to preface it, the Eagles had three first-round picks this year. The Saints had one. Now, both teams have two first-round picks this year. 
and then the Eagles now have two next year. So it's huge. Obviously, number one, the Eagles have plenty of ammo to navigate next year's draft if they decide to move up and select a quarterback. This season is definitely a do-or-die for Jalen Hurts to make his case as a quarterback for Philly. Now, for the Saints, I'm still kind of trying to pick apart what they're doing here because, like I said, next year's quarterback class is really, really good. So I don't get why they would, you know, give up a future first-round pick to go after some – like, who are they going after? Kenny Pickett, you know? I don't know if they're going for quarterback. I that's think they the just thing. need weapons. Do you make that trade if you're not going after a quarterback? Like, their biggest needs – that's the thing. other thing, too. Like, they don't need a quarterback. They have Jameis Winston, who was not – That's what I'm saying. They don't need a yeah. quarterback. They need other weapons. I just don't know why you would make that trade if you're not going after a quarterback. But, I mean, yeah, their biggest needs – I are, guess because, right, because what we were talking about, the wide receiver class is deep. Yeah, that's true. They definitely need a wide receiver. They need an offensive lineman. This draft is really good in both of those, so maybe they'll just take a lineman and a wide receiver pretty much back. They need an edge rusher? They, on defense, I feel like they need – Cam Jordan an edge? Yeah, he's an kind edge of. kind of defensive end guy. Um, he's more like a, a Miles Garrett but, but even, Yeah, but even edge. regardless, I mean, he's – you know, he's getting old. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Defensively, they can use youth at just about any position. Malcolm Jenkins just retired as well. Yep, Malcolm Jenkins plus Marcus Williams signed with the Ravens. So mm. they have holes at safety, holes at DB, holes all over the line. Yeah, they need lots of guys, honestly, the Saints do. Um, so, yeah, I just – I'm confused as to why the Saints would make this deal. For the Eagles, it's a really good deal. I like it. I don't understand. Now the Saints just have more picks early. Yeah. Why is that a bad deal? They it's I a mean, deep it's a deep class for so one they, DBs, two defensive line, offensive line, and wide receiver. Right, you don't need a quarterback. Now you have two more chances. I guess another chance in the first round to get another another stud. They also gave up a second round pick. I think next year. So I, they just they like for how many holes they have. They gave up. Let me see if I can find the full details of the trade real quick. Okay, so. The Eagles give picks 16 and 19 and 194 to the Saints. The Saints give up 18, 101, and 237 this year, a first-round pick next year, and then a second-round pick in 2024. So I guess they didn't give up a ton um, this year. They gave up a ton of late-round picks, though. Like, I don't know. I I get if they're trying to chase, like, a a top-end quarterback or wide receiver – but I, I just don't know why they would. Like, I don't think they need a quarterback. I wouldn't be going after a quarterback, but I feel like this is the type of trade you only make if you're going after a quarterback, you know? I just I don't get where where else they would be going. Cause I it's mean, not just like, going to get one of the top receivers. Right. But All the, were, From what we've seen, a top receiver in the last three draft classes have been absolutely franchise-changing. Right. But they were they were already in the position to take that guy. Like it's they just added yeah, another first round. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now you just fill a big hole of safety, right? I mean, I don't Maybe. know. I guess they're they're. I guess the reason I'm confused by what you're saying is that why not just have more early picks than late picks, right? So they would just rather have three early picks than five later picks. Yeah, I think they have three picks in the top fifty now. Um, which right, is and they gave deal. up like one in the 
they gave up a pick in the 100s then gave up a pick in the late 100s or something like that. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I don't know. Now you just have three picks on the top 50, and you can take your pick of those three guys and, and try and fill the three biggest positions, which I would assume they'd take a wide receiver to go hopefully alongside Michael Thomas. Right. And then maybe an offensive lineman or a Probably an player. offensive lineman and then either a safety or an edge rusher. Because their defense was honestly stout last year. But like we were yeah. saying, they've lost a couple guys. And they're getting old, another year older. Right, and they're getting another year older, which even more reason for them to make this trade, right? Because now they're like, hey, let's try and win now. So let's get yeah. three picks inside the top 50, get us guys that, that can come in and make an immediate impact. Because I know that there are a lot of great guys that go in the later rounds of the NFL draft, but, but it's not they're, they're typically two or three years before they're making an impact, right? Yeah. You take guys in the top fifty, and you're expecting them to make an impact. I, yeah, obviously, I mean, it's a, obviously it's a weak, gamble, but like they see how weak the rest of the NFC is, and they're probably like, "Hey, if we nail, you know, both of these first round picks." If Jamin Winston doesn't go down last year, they yeah. they easily make the playoffs and can potentially make a run because the right. Bucks had obviously had holes last year. I think one of the reasons I'm so confused about this trade too is I've just never really seen, you know, the Saints have a decent roster, but it's you know, I wouldn't say they're close to playoff contention. Like the only you mean reason, a deep, you mean Super Bowl contention? I mean play like the only well, reason they're that, always on the they're they always making the playoffs. playoffs. Well, that's because they had Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Well, so now that Sean Payton's gone, well, that's what I'm saying. They they're an ACL tear away from making the playoffs. There's right. no way they don't make it. And but they have, what you're saying with how weak the NFC is, right? All they have to do is win <laughs> ten games and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like. The only reason that they're a playoff contender now is because of how weak the whole conference is. I think any other year, the Saints would not be a good team. And we'll see how good Dennis Allen is as a coach and all that stuff. But I don't know. I, I'm just super, super confused. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely if they can land a really good wide receiver and a really good lineman, I think that patches up the roster. And and maybe they flip-flop it, right? Maybe they go lineman first and then grab a wide receiver later. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, it'll depend on what gets taken off the board early. But like we were saying, there's – there's like we were saying, there's like six or seven guys yeah. at wide receiver that well, they can have, just come in and be game changers. They have pick 16 and pick 19. So it's going to go yeah, – So it'll go back and forth anyway. Yeah, it'll go – they're like – Essentially back-to-back. Back. Yeah, and it's the Chargers and Eagles that are in between them. So yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It's just a weird deal. I, I guess the char well, I don't know. Are the Chargers looking to wide receiver? Probably should be. Uh, wide receiver and line, I think, are their biggest needs too. So which can be hard. Yeah. But yeah. So we'll see. Very very interesting. I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm, so I'm assuming they'll just pick opposite of whatever the Chargers pick. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll. But the Chargers only have one pick. So. Sure. Anyways, let's uh let's shift a little focus. We'll go to kind of the NBA playoff projection just pulling up the standings right now while i'm doing that parker you can give us a little bit of insight um you're more the the basketball guy here yeah i mean i who do you think is the best team in each conference is it the one seeds the suns and the heat no so the the bucks are the heavy pick out of the east um I love Giannis. yeah the 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 Bucks are looking really good. The Suns are are on a historic pace. They look like one of the best teams in oh NBA history. I didn't um, realize they've won sixty two games. Yeah, That's they're 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 playing unbelievable. Uh, their their crunch time numbers are out of this world. Um, just never seen anything right. So the clutch or the crunch, whatever quote unquote, is is under five minutes when the score is within three points. 
and they're first in literally just every category you can possibly be first in um, as far as uh, the crunch time, which is a ton of credit to Chris Paul because he's been unbelievable. But then even when he went out, fractured his hand uh, right before the All-Star game, Devin Booker just came in and, and was fabulous. Um, so Devin Booker, I think he's going to finish fourth in MVP voting, um, which is huge because, you know, it's it, <clears throat> it was kind of a random – late season surge by, yeah. by Devin Booker. But, um, yeah, he's been incredible. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's probably going to be a repeat. Um, last year it was Suns Bucks finals. Um, and I, fun. yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, quote unquote, two small market teams, right. Yeah. You're, you're not having the LA's or the New York's in it. Um, you got Milwaukee and Phoenix and, and it would just be awesome to to see it again, right? You you think back Those were to such fun games last year too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you think back to the Cleveland when Cleveland and Golden State were going back and forth, right? LeBron and Steph and and that battle of three straight years of you really felt the tension build. You felt the guys start to get annoyed like of each rivalry, other. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, you develop a little bit of that rivalry and and I think it'd be awesome. And and there are just so many good storylines that go along with it, right? Chris Paul trying to get his first ring. Devin Booker trying to really establish himself as an MVP if Giannis does eventually win the MVP. And then, you know, Devin Booker comes in behind him or something like that, you know. And then obviously on the other side, Giannis trying to go back to back for Milwaukee just would be unbelievable. Um, I think my I think my pick right now is is the Bucks, And that's strictly because I actually think it stems from a place of me loving LeBron and and watching what LeBron has done physically to take over playoff series. Right. I think that Giannis does. is the only other player that, that has ever been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of, of you know, Shaq and, right. and, and Kareem. I'm glad you brought up Shaq because when I watch Giannis, like, take over a game and get into the paint, I think of the two most unstoppable forces ever in the NBA, Shaq and prime LeBron. Yeah. And then yep. you put Giannis there too. Like when he, you have to mention his name now in that he category gets into his own. It's lit. It's just unreal. Especially and, with the way that he's now been able to make free throws because yeah, he's either getting a bucket or getting fouled. It doesn't matter. He's too long. He's too big. He's too athletic. He's too strong. He's, he's just too much for any opposing defense. Nobody can stay in front of him. Yeah. Nobody's big enough to, to push him out of the way. He's, He's really unbelievable, and 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 I, again, so I feel like I, <clears throat> I give credit to LeBron for the way that I think in that he can so easily physically take over a series. Oh yeah, especially both sides of the ball, which I feel like is somehow Huge. underrated with Giannis that he's probably the best two way player in the NBA. Yeah. Um, in fact, he's definitely the best two-way player in the NBA as long as Kawhi Leonard's out. I was going to say Kawhi is probably the only one up there besides yeah. Giannis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant has his moments, but he's just getting old. Um, and it, I feel like Kevin Durant actually gets a – this is kind of a tangent, but I feel like Kevin Durant actually – his defensive numbers suffer because everybody compares them to his offensive numbers, which yeah. are just unbelievable, right? So he's like, well, he's better at offense than he is at defense, but really he's incredible at both. His offensive numbers are just so good that, like – on defense, people just think that they're worse than they actually are. Um, no, you're all right. We can pause. Nate, Nate will edit it out. We got an editor for this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally fine. Oh, my bad, Ethan. I didn't see your text.
Fancy. <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. Don't worry about it. You know, so Kevin Durant kind of suffers in that he's so good offensively that his defensive numbers just look worse, which is kind of silly. Anyway, yeah, so Giannis is just so physically overwhelming and and he can really take over a series at any time. And so I think that the Bucks are my favorite to to actually repeat. And I think that they're kind of it's kind of interesting actually because Giannis and the Bucks have almost seemed bored of the regular season. And yeah. they're like, We don't really care. We don't necessarily care about the one seed. We know that, you know, come playoff time, that's when it really matters. And and we've seen a little bit lately, um, they've they've kind of taken the training wheels off of, of off of Giannis this season and, and you know, let him play a full 38, 40 minutes, let him really grind it out, let him take over in the fourth quarter, kind of, you know, let him get in, into that playoff mode. And it's right. it's been fun to see because he just – kind of reminded everybody like, hey, until I lose, I am the man to beat. I am the reigning finals MVP, the reigning NBA champion. Like, you know, we're not here to mess around. And I know that the Suns have looked so good and I'm and I'm very excited if they end up meeting in the NBA finals, but Giannis is just unbelievable. And it's what he did in this Phoenix series last year anyway. Like he just he, he physically took over the game on both ends. Yeah. He just was so dominant and and the things that we saw from him were were unbelievable. Yeah, the the Suns were a better matchup all across the floor except for Giannis. Yeah. And his and he somehow of, won all five of those matches. Yeah, I was going to say his kind of deficit or excuse me, advantage that he gave the Bucks was big enough to overcome all the other deficiencies yeah. that they had compared yeah. to Phoenix. But Which earlier, is unbelievable. earlier you mentioned Devin Booker being fourth in your MVP ladder, who's your top 3? Jokic and Bead and Kevin Durant. No, and Giannis. Jokic and Bead and Giannis. Yeah, and then Devin Booker. Yeah, that's okay. who it is right now. Kevin Durant hasn't played enough games. He got injured. Was out for like twenty four, yeah. twenty five games. Um, it's it's crazy. It's unbelievable right now. Uh, I think that Jokic is my favorite just because he's doing more with less. Right. I mean he he's it's missing crazy. two max level players. Yeah. Jamal People Murray and Michael Porter Jr. both are on a max contract. Yep. And neither of them have played this year. Michael yep. Jordan, Michael jo- <laughs> Michael Porter played a couple games early in the year, but like literally it, a couple games. Yeah, what he's doing with the roster that he has, it's just a bunch of nobodies. It's a literally. bunch of guys that should have been coming off the bench sixth and seventh. Yeah. And he's he's been unbelievable and they're still winning. And so yeah, outside, I got Jokic. Outside of Jokic and is Aaron Gordon, right? Yeah. Cut that out, Nate. <laughs> Outside of Jokic and Aaron Gordon, the Nuggets have, like, like nobody. Yeah. Like, literal scrubs. And right now they're the fifth seed in the West. 47 wins, 32 losses. Um, if Jamal Murray can come back for the playoffs, yeah. which there's a, a good chance that he does. Now, there's been some rumblings. I think they're a dark horse pick in the West. Jamal Murray, the last time he was in the playoffs, was so, so good. Yeah, went nuclear. It was I insane. mean, it's, it's definitely hard, right? Because, I mean, the yeah. guy just hasn't played basketball for and he'll, he'd be damn near two years. Definitely. But, I don't know. If there's a guy that can <laughs> if there's a guy that can get you into rhythm, it's going to be Jokic, right? Like, yeah. he's going to get you the ball exactly where you need it, exactly where you need to, to find that rhythm. So... It can definitely be scary. I, I like that pick. I, I definitely like that pick. The other one that's scary is is the Clippers. 
Clippers are going to make the play-in tournament. Yeah. Paul George is going to be there. And we just don't know because of how quiet Kawhi's camp is and him yeah. himself. But you just never know. If they win the play-in tournament and they have the eight seed, they're going to be going up against Phoenix. Yeah. And game one might come around and Woj might tweet Kawhi Leonard's good for full contact tonight for game one. And now you have Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George – and you've never played this team before this year, and we just don't know. It's it's so random, such a unique situation that is definitely scary. I don't, if I'm Phoenix, I don't know if I'd be worried. My team is so good. Yeah. But, I mean, Kawhi How Leonard and Paul George yeah, are – Kawhi Leonard yeah. is one of the best players in the NBA when yep. he plays. Yep. So you definitely have to worry about that. Over in the East, some interesting teams. I just think it's funny how, like, in the NBA – the first half of the season really does not matter. Like, it really doesn't. And then you it hit does. All-Star break. It's hard to watch. Then, yeah, it's that's why I literally don't watch. Yeah. And then you hit the All-Star break, and then, like you said, teams kind of got their minds on the playoffs. So, like, okay, let's ease these guys into this playoff mode. And it's interesting to see what happens because you look at, like, the Miami Heat, and, like, I don't know, they kind of were hot, and then they weren't, and then they were hot. How do you think they're going to do in the playoffs? The Miami Heat are tough, and I, I, it's hard for me to hitch my wagon to Tyler Hero. Yeah, I love Tyler Hero. Twenty He's points, an absolute bench, right? stud. Yep, but if I'm relying on him, right, because he's their X factor. If he has a good game, they'll probably win. Yeah, if he doesn't, they're gonna lose. Right, <clears throat> and I just don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I trust Tyler Hero in in a series in the playoffs, right, for four games. Yeah. It's it's really hard for me to trust that. And maybe he'll prove me wrong, and I hope that he does because I love him. But um, the other factor is, is Bam Adebayo, and I love, love Bam. He's unbelievable. You can't name me one thing that he does better than Giannis. Yeah. He's just like a Walmart version of Giannis, and I and I honestly hate saying that because Bam is so unbelievably talented, but like just not as good as Giannis. Yeah, he doesn't do anything better than Giannis, and I genuinely believe that. And so it's it's hard for me to, you know, think well, oh, they have Bam. Well, if we're putting that much credit on Bam, then Milwaukee's gonna sweep to the finals, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just and they have Jimmy Butler. I've, but... I've never been. I, I've never been on the Heat. I, yeah. I get the heat culture. I get all that stuff. But, like, Not dude, gonna Jimmy Bowler struggles. Kyle Lowry's old. Yeah. Like, Victor Oladipo was the best player a couple nights ago, and he hasn't. he's played five games in the last three years. We joke about how old, I mean, the Lakers are and stuff, but the Heat are kind of just the Eastern Conference version of that. Yeah, the Heat are old, too. I mean, Bam's young and Tyler's young. Right. I don't know where Duncan Robinson went. He used to be unbelievable. Now he's a little bit lost. Um yeah, they they just have a bunch of random guys that are playing too many critical minutes for them that it, it to trust them. Yeah, it just feels weird for me. So I think that they'll fall from the number one seed actually before um, the playoffs start. Before the playoffs, Do you yeah. Think the Celtics are going to take that or Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee will end up with the one seed. So that's what I was getting at as far as like the All Star break when you know some teams rise and some teams fall. Since kind of the new year started. Boston's come out of nowhere. They started Boston's the an unbelievable. Off, they started the season off so slow and so bad. Like no, they were, were so bad. People, people were saying were literally trade off. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, people like, were saying they were not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then since kind of 
January, early February, they've turned it on and yeah, it was it was right it was right before that. It's like mid December, and yeah. they went on this insane run defensively that were like some of the best defensive metrics the yeah. league has ever seen. And part of that is Marcus Smart too. Marcus Smart, uh, all really of it good. is Marcus Smart. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Defensively, he should probably win Defensive Player of the Year. It's it's always hard to give it to a guard. I mean, I know Michael Jordan won. It's definitely hard to give it to a guard because yeah. it feels like they can't impact the game as much. But uh, you take Smart yeah yeah. I mean, Draymond won it a couple times. I don't know if you'd call him a guard, though. But Yeah, he's a he's a power guard. Um, but then <laughs> on the other side, you have the Bulls, who started off the season really, really well. Everybody was like, holy crap, DeMar DeRozan is a dark horse MVP. And then since the All-Star break, they've kind of just sputtered. And I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's been tough for the Bulls. They've had quite a few injuries that, have, that I feel like have prevented them from really peaking. Yeah. But... I don't know. I, I hate giving the NBA media credit, but I feel like all of the questions that everybody had about this team are still in effect, right? I mean, they, they're definitely working better than people thought they were going to. Oh, easily. But it's still just it just still just feels a little bit weird. A little rushed, kind of. Yeah, but, but it is um, like, I don't know. I'd still be scared of them because yeah. I think that defensively they can really lock things down, and yeah. when they want, they can really, really try hard. And DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are are an unbelievable tandem of scoring. Yeah. And then you get Lonzo Ball back. He's healthy. Get him back in the rotation. He he makes those guys a lot better. Vucevic is obviously going to do what Vuce does. Um, and then you got a couple other players. You know, Kobe White knows his role really well. Um, you know, so they got a lot of nice little players that, that can definitely make a run for them. But, it, it, again, it's just – I don't know. I, I just then we, look over at the Bucks and they just seem so much – better they (laughs) seem so much more put together i guess when you get to the playoffs in the nba it's kind of a pattern that the teams that do the best are the ones that have the best veteran leaders yeah and i think looking at chicago demar derozan is definitely that yeah i don't i mean they'll probably win a series and probably two um but but demar derozan's experience in the playoffs is Getting his shit kicked by LeBron. And then winning the finals when he had Kawhi. No, he was nope. part of that trade. Yeah, he was part of that trade. Yeah, so he, ne- he was never there. Right. That's he what I'm saying. There, yeah. The only taste that DeMar has of the playoffs is being Always the number one seed and getting swept by LeBron. Every year. And, and I mean, that sucks. So yeah. he definitely has something to prove. But at the same time, I don't. Think he doesn't necessarily be, know how to win in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they can beat Boston or Milwaukee. But I agree. And then you got the... The biggest question mark question mark of the whole NBA is just the Sixers. You know, if James Harden and Joel Embiid somehow figure it out in the next five games and then the playoffs start, they, I mean, they could easily make it to the finals because yeah. you're talking about two of two of the most unbelievable scores to ever play the game. Yeah, right. I mean, Joel Embiid is a force that we haven't seen since Shaq. Right, right. like we're talking about, especially as far as he you know, the way that he plays. And then James Harden is, is like, you go back to 2018, it just – It's hard because – People forget because of what happened, but, yeah. like, what he did in 2018 was so unbelievable. I honestly feel a little bad for James Harden because we're in the era of Steph Curry. And, like, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. And that is – that in itself has kind of overshadowed James Harden. Yeah. Especially where what Harden has done the past couple of years, forcing a trade and being quiet and blah blah blah. Yeah. 
But people forget just how good James Harden is yeah. as a shooter. The the things that are very real are James Harden's playoff struggles, and those are very real things, and he's never performed in the playoffs, um, and, and that's hard to overcome. But I don't know. If, you, if there's a guy that can help you overcome it, I feel like it's Joel Embiid. Yeah. But at the same time, you have Doc Rivers at the helm, who is world-renowned for screwing up the playoffs. Yeah. Given up more three-one leads than any other coach in NBA history, so we'll see. That, I the think whole thing that's looming over the Sixers is just uneasy to me, and that's why it's scary. What about the Nets? We haven't even mentioned them. Do you think? I mean, it it looks like they're in the prime position to go into that playoff tournament or play-in tournament. Excuse me. Uh, they're gonna have Kyrie, presumably Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kyrie's back full time. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's. It definitely is scary, and people were really scared when Kyrie was playing only away games. Yeah. And he was playing one game every eight days, sometimes more than that. But he looked really unbelievable. But now he's back on a normal NBA schedule, and since he's been back to normal, he's kind of returned to earth again. And he's been pretty average of, you know, 22-4-3 or something, which is fine. But, like – He's kind of returned to normal a little bit. And when he's on the floor, their defensive numbers are really, yeah. really bad. And so I feel like the teams at the top of the East are a little less scared of Brooklyn than they used to be because we've seen time and time again, any team that wants to can go score 125 points on Brooklyn Yeah, because they just can't get a stop. You're not going to be able to get a stop. That's a guarantee right. because you have KD and Kyrie on the other side. But they're not going to be able to stop you either. Yeah. And everybody on your team is going to score. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody. There, there's less of a worry about Brooklyn right now, which is sad. And I, I I, am, like, it would not surprise me in the slightest if Brooklyn went to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Because Kevin Durant right, because is Kevin that Durant's motherfucker. That good. Yeah. He's that dude, right? Like, But they would have – yeah. looking at what they would have to do, that means they would be the first team to ever, you know, have to go through the play-in tournament – to make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, it, it would be extremely long, difficult. Long I'm not saying road. they're going to do it, but right. I just I just wouldn't be surprised because Kevin surprised. Durant is the type of player that for a month and a half can go absolutely berserk. Yeah. And average over 40 points a game for a month. So there's a still a little bit of basketball left to be played. Do we think the Lakers make the play-in tournament at all? It's looking really unlikely. It's looking really unlikely. It's just – it's hard because obviously, I mean, LeBron is he still leading the league in scoring? I don't know. I know he was yeah, like just, last just week. Just barely. He yeah. needs. I think he needs to play the rest of their games to qualify, though. I just because you have to play a minimum of fifty-eight games to qualify for the scoring title. Oh, you just I and I, I think he's at like fifty-six right now, so he needs to play LeBron's at least two more games. LeBron's quietly having like one of the most impactful seasons of his career as far as what he's doing for the team. Like, if it wasn't for LeBron, this team would be probably the worst in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, though, right? Because you can just see that he's just chasing numbers now. Yeah. Which is fine, right? Like, I'm I'm not knocking for, knocking him forward at all. I'm the biggest LeBron guy there is. I, I really do love everything he does. Um, I guess that's not true. I, he's really hard to watch sometimes because he'll just take plays off. But I'm not mad at him for chasing records, right? Especially if they're not going to – If they're not the winning playoffs. anyway – Yeah. Uh, it, for them to win, he needs to go out and score 50 points. So just go out there and try and score 50 points. I have no issue with it. Um, but it's not pretty basketball. They're so hard to watch. Yeah, it's just – it's. I, I almost – if I'm being honest, I would almost rather see him 
just miss the playoffs, then instead of then playing a playing game and then get swept by the Suns, kind of go out of your misery. Yeah, literally, because it's just it's yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, they're really bad. It's really ugly. Just looking up when the playing tournament is. When is it? I don't think it's official yet. Oh. Okay, so the NBA play-in tournament starts April 12th. It's the 12th through the 15th, um, and we'll see how that goes. couple about weeks a week. left. Yeah, yeah, I guess just over a week. It's over a week. There's like three – I think everybody has three or four games left. Super exciting. Uh, another big question, too, is Ben Simmons. Um, I don't think we see him this year. He's already been ruled so. out for the rest of the season and the play-in tournament. So – Never mind then. I guess that's not a big question. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it is though because I think be they're compl- yeah, Nets. I think they're a completely different team if he's out there. But which seems silly to say because we just, the last time we saw him play, he was just horrible. Yeah, the worst player on the court. Yeah, but I mean we clowned him out of the NBA pretty much. But yeah, at the same it's, it's time, a completely different situation now coming into this year. And yeah, and when he wants to be again, he's up on that tier of one of the best defenders in the NBA. Oh yeah, most definitely. And for especially for the Nets team that like we were talking about kind of lacks that defensive star. They have no defense. Yeah, right? even just having really one good. guy that can go out there and stop whoever their best scorer is would yep. be wildly beneficial. So, we'll see on that. Maybe there's a miracle. Maybe the Nets win the play-in tournament. The Seth Curry injury injury really hurts them as oh, well. Oh yeah. I definitely think that they're they're going to make the turn or yeah, they'll be in the playoffs, whether it's an eight or seven seed. You think so? Yeah. You think they win the play-in tournament? Yeah, definitely. So um, if, if the play-in tournament started today, they're the ten seed, so they'd have to go. Oh, yes. they wouldn't be in it because it's the seven, eight, and nine, right? No, it's the ten. Oh, seven through ten. Okay, yeah. So they'd be playing. They'd play the nine, or they'll. They'd play seven? the seven, and then I think the eight and nine play. Yeah, but they would have to win twice. Right. So, so if they uh, beat the seven, they would also have to beat whoever won the eight and nine. Right, yeah. and then they'd be in the playoffs. So it's Hornets, Hawks, and Cavs. Yeah, which so I yeah I think the Nets are better than all those teams. Yeah, if they yeah. Which yeah. I mean, they did just lose to the Hawks, but but it's not playoffs yet. But it's not playoffs. So and Kevin Durant had a career night, which sucks. That's when it matters. Uh, tune in to see esports. We're trying to be consistent every Tuesday. Last week we couldn't get in the stew, um, but yeah. Still moves in the NFL. Maybe next week we'll do a mock draft on the pod. We'll see what goes on there. Obviously, NBA playoffs are around the corner, so stay tuned, and we're definitely going to get things rolling here.